Hey, welcome to the Guitar Music Theory Podcast. This is episode number 23, or is it? I'll talk about that in a moment. My name is Desi Serna. In today's podcast episode, we are going to talk about the history of the Guitar Music Theory Podcast and what you can expect from it in the future. But before we begin, let me ask you something. What do you specifically need to do in order to play guitar better? Go to guitarmusictheory.com and click on the answer that best describes you and get free custom video instruction calibrated to your current level. Discover how to progressively play and sound better today in as little as 33 minutes. Go to guitarmusictheory.com. All right, so we're going to talk about the history of the Guitar Music Theory podcast. This has been a very successful podcast for me, or at least it was at one time in the past, but then I stopped doing it, and I uh, receive emails all the time from people saying, I love the podcast, I wish you would uh, get back into uh, doing that again. So let's talk about this podcast, how it got started, um, what it featured in the past, and what my plan is, uh, what my plan to do with it in the future is. All right, so this podcast started sometime before 2008. I'm not exactly sure when I started it because uh, the original host that I used to host the audio files um, went down and I had to move to a different host, and um, I no longer have the original uh, recordings or audio files. I was, wasn't able to, to pinpoint exactly when I started, but I know that it was sometime before 2008 because in 2008, my podcast was actually mentioned in Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah, um, how about that? Um, and, of course, that was uh, when the podcast really increased with uh, uh, popularity. And I know that I had not been podcasting for uh, too long before that. So I think that I may have actually probably started it in 2007. I'm not sure. Um, if you've been following me since the beginning and you remember when you uh, you remember when uh, this podcast uh, first became available uh, in iTunes, uh, let me know because I'm not entirely sure. By the way, you can't use the dates that you see on some of the uh, uh, episodes because they had to be uh, re-uploaded um, because uh, the host went down and I had to make some uh, some changes. So, hey, let's talk about why I started this podcast. Um, so this podcast was started mainly as a way for me to kind of build the, uh, uh, the guitar community that I wanted to build and as a way to kind of bring awareness to, uh, some of the, uh, uh, books that I had at the time. So I had been teaching guitar, um, for years, teaching private lessons and classes. I was playing tons of gigs. I was just this full-time guitar player and teacher, and I absolutely loved to teach. And I was always, um, trying to find effective ways to help my students um, really uh, understand the music that they were most passionate about. You know, if you if you go out and try to pick up a book on music theory, um, a lot of the times it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like former, formal, traditional information that really uh, 
doesn't seem to be very relevant to mo- most people's playing goals. Most people are into rock music and pop and blues, and, and you want to understand the fretboard and just understand how people know how to sound good and make great music and how things uh, go together. You don't, know, you don't always find that. At least you didn't always find that. So as I was teaching guitar for years and really wanting what was best for my um, students, and by the way, I should mention that you know, uh, I really, truly do love uh, teaching guitar. A lot of guitar players teach um, out of necessity because they need money and they think, well, I'm a guitar player, you know, I'll teach lessons. And that's really unfortunate because usually those people are, they're not really interested in teaching. They have no passion for it. Um, they're usually not very good at it and they're just taking people's money and just trying to, uh, um, it, you know, uh, pull ideas out of their you-know-what just to try to keep the, le- the lessons going. But for me, uh, it was not that at all. I absolutely love teaching, um, and I love studying uh, guitar music, and I like trying to figure out ways to take information that's confusing to people and try to make it easy to understand. And and more, more than just understand, standing it, I want uh, guitar players to know how to apply it to their guitar so that they can play better and have more fun on the instrument. That's a challenge to me, and uh, I like that, and I discovered that I was uh, good at that uh, at an early age. So it's always been, a, it's always been a, a passion of mine, and it still is after all of these years. So, you know, I taught lessons for a long time, and, of course, students would come to me and they'd say, I want to learn Jimi Hendrix or The Grateful Dead or Led Zeppelin or Eric Clapton or, you know, Gosh, later maybe like uh, Dave Matthews or John Mayer, um, and so I tried to figure out how can I help? How can I put together a method to help students understand these styles of music, and help them understand what goes through the minds of real players? You know, are real players really thinking about something they learned in a Mel Bay book? Uh, no. I mean, there there is value from uh, learning the basics of reading music. I won't get into that those details today, but generally speaking, that's not what's going through the mind of most players when you see them just kind of freely moving around the fretboard and uh, playing music and expressing themselves. So uh, over over the years, I was able to kind of come up with these methods and refine them, and um, it actually became my uh, first. Uh, guitar theory book called fretboard theory let me back up a little bit the first book that i actually wrote and published was in 2001 and it was called how to teach guitar or how to make money teaching guitar that was the that was the first book i actually wrote and it was just to um explain to guitar players how do you get into the, the teaching business how can you do a good job how can you be organized and put together lesson plans and all that sort of thing that came out in 2001 that's when i built my first uh, website so i've been online selling some sort of product since 2001 of course i was teaching and playing many many years prior to that but then in 2005 i released fretboard theory that's the red book it's got um uh, I got it right in front of me here. You can see me uh, playing an old red PRS uh, CE24. That's actually a picture that was cropped out of an actual live performance shot sometime prior to this book. Um, Anyway, so I wrote this entire book, and uh, my wife proofread it, and um, 
um, edited it for me. I did all of the layout and design, everything you see in there. That was that was all me, endless hours sitting in front of the computer with a guitar in my hand, uh, figuring this stuff out. So that was released in 2005. And then after the book was released, of course, it wasn't really moving uh, a whole lot. So I had to figure out how do I promote it? How do I bring some more awareness to um, uh, what I'm doing? I had tried some paid ads and that sort of thing. But of course, they're very expensive and it gets difficult and complicated. And um, I lost a lot of money. In fact, I went into quite a bit of debt over that. And I realized I can't do this anymore. So I thought maybe I didn't have a future in this business because I just wasn't able to uh, um, wasn't able to sell the product. Of course, I wasn't trying to earn a living off of it. I was still teaching and playing gigs, but I thought I'd like this to be profitable so I could pers- uh, do more with it. So that's when I said, you know what? I can't spend money on this anymore. I'm just going to have to do something. I have some time. What can I do? And one of the things I did is I started a podcast. It was an audio podcast, and I thought, I'm just going to open Fretboard Theory, and I'm just going to start talking about it and walk people through it uh, chapter by chapter with guitar in hand. And so that's exactly what I did. You can go back to uh, some of the uh, earlier podcast episodes that are available here. They were recorded mm, probably in 2007. I'm not entirely sure. They could have been 2006, 2007, uh, and then some of them in 2008, and then um, after that, they weren't all released at the same time. So uh, the people started to find this podcast. They started to listen. All of a sudden, they were interested. They wanted to have the book to go along uh, with the podcast, and uh, it was starting to work. I was also creating YouTube videos at the same time, so I have YouTube videos that were created um, around the same time as well. And they're very old and outdated, but um, at the time um, they worked. And uh, But back to the podcast, um, funny story, awesome story. So I'm sitting at home and I begin receiving these messages from students and friends saying, wow, I just read about you in Rolling Stone Magazine. Cong- congratulations, that was awesome. And of course I was... Uh, com- completely surprised. I didn't understand what they were talking about. Uh, My wife was out shopping at the time and I said, hey, can you pick up a copy of Rolling Stone magazine? So uh, she brought it home and lo and behold, um, they had a, um, I've actually got it here in front of me. They had a little uh, section in the March 20th, 2008 issue 1048 in the site-specific column called Shredding 101, Mastered Guitar Hero, these sites can teach you how to play for real. And um, one of the uh, things they mentioned was my podcast. And uh, I will read it for you right here. This is exactly what they wrote. It says, Guitar Music Theory Lessons Podcast. For true geeks only. (laughs) Isn't that right? Music theory expert Desi Serna offers a free podcast available on iTunes that leads you through techniques such as pentatonic and major scale patterns, arpeggios, and chord structures. Listening to a lecture with no visual help can be tricky, but Serna's lessons are clear and accessible. In his latest podcast, he explains the theory of modal scales, a series of notes that can be used to improvise solos. 
overwhelmed. That's why the first lesson is called, What is Guitar Theory? And I'm not sure who wrote this. They just signed it with their initials, K-O. K-O, oh, you know, you don't realize how much this helped me and uh, how it kind of helped me break into, um, you know, this 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 business here. So what happened, obviously, was that the podcast became very popular. I had lots of listeners, lots of downloads, and people were going to the website and they were wanting the book that uh, corresponded to what I was talking about. And I actually was able to start moving enough product to make some money. Um, so I was no longer losing money. Of course, I wasn't anywhere near being able to uh, live off of uh, what I had, but it was at least profitable. And so it was just a huge, huge turning point. Very grateful um, for that um, for that happening. By the way, if you've been listening to some of those old podcast episodes, you're probably like, what's all this talking about? Because normally I made it a point that I wasn't just going to talk on the podcast. I was going to play. Um, I actually have a guitar on hand here with me. Um, but I just... There you go. I just noodled a little bit. I don't really have much to play today. I really wanted to talk more. But um, for those of you that were waiting for some guitar playing, there it is. Hope you were impressed. Maybe I'll noodle a little bit um, later. So anyway, so that's when things um, uh, initially took off. Uh, uh, and, <clears throat> you know, from there I created uh, more podcasts. I went through and finished – I think I went through every chapter of Fretboard Theory – um, just talking and demonstrating, and the idea was I wanted to make something that wasn't just an advertisement. I wanted it to be helpful. I wanted people to be able to listen to it and learn something, um, and uh, maybe if they already had the book and they were learning from the book, I wanted it to kind of be a supplement to the book or hear, it was an opportunity for them to kind of hear stuff and hear me talk about it just um, to add to the uh, – um, learning process and if you read a lot of the reviews in the podcast that's what people said is that they just they they liked that they could listen to this podcast while they were on the go while they were traveling you know um exercising or whatever and it actually made sense to them and they were able to learn something about music and guitar playing that was helpful during those times when they didn't have their guitar in hand. And I hope to keep doing that in the future. I'll talk about that a little bit later. So after I finished um, the first volume of Fretboard Theory, um, you know, some time went by and I did release uh, Fretboard Theory Volume 2. And you know what? If you are brand new to listening to this podcast and you have no idea what the heck I'm talking about because you really haven't listened to previous episodes and you're not familiar with me or my book, let me just explain really quick. You know, fretboard theory is basically like it's the quote-unquote theory. It's the information that you want to know if you are interested in popular styles of guitar music and you want to know, hey, what types of scales are used for guitar solos and um, how do chords go together and what does it mean when someone says G major 7 and, you know, you want to understand the comp composition techniques that are used in popular styles of music. And I do it all through shapes and patterns 
here's what it looks like on the fretboard. Here are what the scale patterns look like. Here are how, here's how the relationships between notes and chords, you know, what it looks like on the fretboard. So I really emphasize <clears throat> taking a hands-on approach to the guitar fretboard specifically, this grid that we call the guitar fretboard. So it's not a... The, it's not something where you're studying standard notation or you're looking at the piano and you're looking at it from that perspective. It's all about guitar. And one of the th and that's one thing that makes it pretty unique. Another thing that really makes it unique that I had never seen anyone done prior to me, I think, starting this trend, is that I relate everything to familiar songs. So every time you see a section, if I'm talking about the pentatonic scale, you're going to get a list of songs that all have a familiar and prominent pentatonic scale riff or solo. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. And after you learn those patterns, you can go learn some of those riffs or solos and you understand what's happening and you can really, everything will uh, click. You can bring it all um, <clears throat> together. And I do that all throughout the book with every topic that I teach on. And um, you'll see in the reviews for Fretboard Theory on Amazon and also in the reviews for the podcast that everyone talks about how useful that is and how fascinating it is to finally kind of learn the inside secrets to these uh, um, to these songs that we all know and love. Because let's be honest, nobody – for the most part, people really aren't interested in just learning about music in general for music's, music's sake. We love music because we love – the chord changes in Stairway to Heaven, or we love the guitar solos in Hotel California, you know, and so on. That's what that's what we're fascinated with. That's what inspires us. So I want people to know details that relate specifically to the music that um, uh, that they're familiar with and that they're that they are uh, uh, passionate about. So I kept the first fretboard theory book. Uh, Fairly basic. Let's talk about the scales that you should that you need to know. The type, how to the chord shapes you need to know. Chord progressions. I do talk about modes. Some people think modes is like a high level level thing. It's not. It's very practical. Um, this is one of the most popular chapters in the book because people read it and poof, their minds blown and they're like, I thought I understood modes or I thought they were some sort of high level theoretical thing that didn't have any practical use, but you just made it, me understand it so easily and it's so clear, and I get it now. So um, those are some of the things that are taught in Fretboard Theory Volume 1. And then later, in 2013, I came out with Fretboard Theory Volume 2, and it was a follow-up. So it's what you would work in after finishing the fret, first Fretboard Theory book, and so I just take things further. And in Fretboard Theory Volume 2... Uh, it's the uh, purple book, or some people think it looks blue. Um, it's a very similar uh, cover design but uh, to the first one, but it's a different color. So I get into more of the details about keys. What's the key of the song? What does that mean exactly? Um, we talk about scale formulas and why that's important, why you'd want to understand um, how, uh, how to count keys and what scale formulas are. Dominant function, harmonic minor, voice leading. I'm just going through the contents here. Uh, circle of fifths, you know, modal each, modal interchange, key changes, passing chords, um, lead patterns, chord tones, soloing, pedal tones, all this stuff. Now, you might hear a lot of that terminology and say, blah, 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 blah. That's for a bunch of music nerds that are just fascinated with 
terminology and technical information that really isn't practical. Nope. This book, like the first book, everything is related to familiar songs. Everything that I chose to teach, I taught it because it occurs regularly in popular music. If you're playing popular styles of guitar music, you are using voice leading whether you know it or not. You're using pedal tones whether you know it or not. You're using harmonic minor whether you know it or not. And if you do know these things, then all of a sudden things just aren't completely random. All of a sudden you see the connections on the fretboard. You're like, oh, now I see why they use that scale over this progression. Or now I understand why these chords go together so well. Uh, and so on. So it's all super important, very, very useful stuff. My philosophy was, as I was trying to, to determine what am I going to teach in this, you know, quote unquote, music theory course for guitar, my philosophy was, if I can't list familiar songs that make use of a concept, then what's the point in teaching it? If it's not used, if it hasn't been used in the past, you know, uh, 60 years in popular music by our favorite guitar players, then why do we need to know it? Now, of course, maybe there is some sort of uh, music theory that you might have an interest in, but you can go find, you know, some uh, traditional, formal, you know, music theory training if that's what your thing. That's that's not if that's what your thing is. That's not what fretboard theory is about. So I left out anything that I really felt just wasn't useful. Um, I try to make everything as practical um, as is possible. So Fretboard Theory Volume 2 came out in 2013, and then I followed that up with some podcasts as well. So I walk you th walked uh, podcast listeners through that book chapter by chapter and uh, demonstrated some of those concepts so they, so they could <clears throat> uh, hear them. And during this, this period, too, um, in between Fretboard Theory 1 and Fretboard Theory uh, 2, I also started to make some videos. Uh, originally, they were DVDs that I filmed uh, myself, and I picked a couple of chapters in the uh, the first book that I thought were most um, – that would kind of work well as a standalone uh video program. So I did, a, I did an old DVD on the pentatonic scale and the cage system and chord progressions and modes. And I bet many of you listeners have those old DVDs. I think the pentatonic was blue, the caged was orange, progressions was green, uh, modes was black. I did all of that myself. I don't have any training in any of that stuff. I had to just figure it out. I'm like, how am I going to make these uh, DVDs? Uh, they were pretty crude, but you know what? They also became very popular, and everybody loved them because they weren't looking for fancy video graphics or editing. They were looking for really useful, practical guitar instruction, and that's what uh, that's what they uh, <clears throat> found with those. Now, all those videos have since been uh, changed and and updated. I'll talk more about that uh, in a minute. So now, but anyway, the point is now I'm selling videos and I'm selling books um, and eBooks, and I continued with the uh, with the podcast, and I had other things going too. I was blogging and I was doing some YouTube videos, but I wasn't really doing any advertising, any paid advertising, because I couldn't afford to do that. And uh, I didn't need to, because as I just started putting good content out there, people uh, started to pay attention and they became interested. And 
many of you became customers. And by the way, that's why I'm still here talking about this today, and that's why I now have a, a member area with um, all, all kinds of uh, – well, I actually have a full-blown video version of Fretboard Theory now, over 30 hours of video instruction and other resources, so you can actually just take a video course. I'll talk more about that uh, later, so I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, back to the podcast here. So the podcast was still kind of rolling along, and I was podcasting somewhat regularly. And by regularly, I mean like maybe once a month. That was kind of regular for me. And uh, I sold enough of my books on Amazon that guess what? Wiley, which is one of the biggest uh, nonfiction uh, publishing companies in the world and the company that publishes the very f famous Four Dummies uh, brand, contacted me and said, hey, we see that you have – which I, I think at the time was probably the most popular guitar theory book on Amazon. We'd love for you to do one for us which seemed like an amazing offer to me because even though I was uh, a self-published author, here was my opportunity to be a, a you know official published author with a, with a major publisher. Now, um, if you're familiar with the Four Dummies brand, they have topics on everything, you know, guitar for dummies, guitar theory for dummies, you know, whatever, raising goats for dummies, you know, um, they have books on everything, you know, computer programming for dummies, finances for dummies. I, I'm sure you've seen them. They're all over uh, bookstores. And most of their titles don't sell that many copies. The idea behind the Four Dummies brand is that they could find these um, small uh, niche markets and create some very specialized information um, for these specific subjects. So they, a For Dummies book is typically not something that becomes a New York Times bestseller or anything like that. So when you hear about me getting this publishing deal for For Dummies, it's not like, oh, wow, that must have been great. You must have gotten a huge advance and sold a million copies. That's not how it works with, with uh, uh, most of the Four Dummies books. They might have a couple of books here and there that sell quite a bit, You know, something like... Um, uh, you know, uh, Microsoft Word for dummies or uh, some uh, something like that. Hey, I just paused my recording to take a few minutes to Google search which for dummies book is the best selling of all time. Well, according to what I found here, Windows for Dummies asserted to be the best selling computer book of all time with more than 15 million copies sold. Okay. Most of their books would never even come close to that. Uh, so anyway, um, my whole point in all of this is that it was definitely a very cool opportunity and op an, uh, op opportunity for me to be a Four Dummies author, but there wasn't big bucks in it. Let's put it that way. So anyway, um, <clears throat> back to the history of uh, my uh, work. In 2014, I released Guitar Theory for Dummies, and basically it was kind of a rewrite and a repackaging of Fretboard Theory and Fretboard Theory Volume 2. I had to condense things a little bit. I had to kind of change the way I presented it because they wanted it presented a little bit differently in the For Dummies style. Um, and uh, I did actually film some uh, video clips, and there are some audio clips uh, that 
um, go along with it. Not much, but just a couple of things here and there so you can hear a few things or see a few things for uh, reference. Anyway, it was it is considered to be a successful book um, for for dummies because it sold enough to keep it in print, and uh, it was pretty neat because um, you could find it in you know bookstores around the world. Of course, how many bookstores are there? Um, bookstores have a lot of them ha have closed. But anyway, it was successful. <clears throat> Publisher got their money back on that one, and uh, I get a little uh, royalty check uh, a couple times a year, which I'm not going to complain about. Um, they asked me to do more. So um, in 2015, I wrote the book Guitar Rhythm and Technique for Dummies. Um, that one has not done as well, and I'm not sure why, uh, but um, but it's out there. And But they were happy enough with it that they wanted me to, to do more. But um, I chose not to continue uh, with the publishing company because um, – I'm, as as an author, I'm getting like you know, ten to twelve percent of the wholesale book price. Um, and well, if you knew the wholesale book price and if you knew how many copies were being sold, you'd realize that that's not a lot of royalties. Um, it's a nice little supplement to my income when I get those checks uh, twice a year. But it's not something I could rely on. So I realized that I had to get back to my own brand and selling my own books and videos directly because if I was going to stay in business, that was the only way I was going to make it happen. So um, in, uh, also in 2015, I released a book called How to Teach Guitar and Start Your Own Music Instruction Business. That was a rewrite of my very first book, How to Make Money Teaching Guitar, from 2001. Worked with a co-author, another editor on that, just to expand that and just make it a much more, um, a much better resource for people wanting to learn how to give guitar lessons. Uh, and that's uh, on Amazon. How to teach guitar and start your own music instruction business. And then in 2017, I released a book called Guitar Picking Mechanics, which talks about um, the picking techniques used in popular music. So it's kind of like the fretboard theory equivalent of guitar picking technique. I tried to find practical, uh, useful um, things to teach you about guitar guitar picking. So um, I took the same sort, sort of approach. I, I don't get into anything where you start focusing on exercises and drills that don't really prepare you for playing what's on the radio. So anyway, there's kind of a timeline of the books and all along I was doing some podcast episodes here and there. Although what happened with the podcast is that I became I became more and more focused on releasing the books and the videos. I'll talk more about that. And so creating podcasts became uh less of a priority. I had given away so much when I made the podcasts that were for Fretboard Theory and Fretboard Theory Volume 2. I mean, I just walked people through the whole books, and I just wasn't sure what else I was going to talk about. I'd given so much away, um, and I so I wasn't really sure what to do with the podcast. So I released some little podcasts here and there and promoted some things here and there and the For Dummies book. You, and then at some point over the years, a lot of that stuff disappeared. Because, as I mentioned earlier, uh, where I was hosting the podcast, um, 
I don't know what happened with that podcast host, but everything was down and I had to re-upload things and kind of uh, start over. And I also had to um, refocus my marketing efforts to figure out where am I actually profitable so I can keep going. So um, the for dum- the for dummies books, you know, they are distributed by the publishing company. I am not at all involved with any of that, and it doesn't make sense for me to to take my precious time to try to uh, to try to promote someone going to their local bookstore and buying a for dummies book because uh, I it's not profitable enough, and I would. I would have gone out of business, so I needed to build my own brand. So that's why I uh, created more videos for fretboard theory. I created the picky mechanics book and video course um, and other things, and so I had to uh, uh, refocus. Um, the latest version of the podcast, which I assume is what you are uh, listening to now, um, I did upload – all of the episodes that pertain to fretboard theory and fretboard theory volume two. They're quite old now, but they're still very, uh, very helpful. And I still get emails all the time about people who really enjoy them. Okay. So let's now talk about video. So I had all these books and all along I was releasing videos. So I would do videos on certain chapters here, something that I thought could work as a good standalone course, like, you know, pentatonic scales or chord progressions. I sold a lot of DVDs, sold them out of my house like I was the the book. If you bought a book in the early earlier days, I probably signed it for you because I used to sign every book that I shipped out. Now books are printed and distributed by Amazon. Thank goodness. I don't have to have boxes of books and I don't have to go to them, you know, ship them out every day. But I was also shipping out DVDs. I had books and um, DVDs listed on Amazon and I was actually having to supply the Amazon warehouses and pay for the storage fees and all of this stuff. It was profitable, but it was complicated. It was time consuming. There were a lot of um, uh, issues and I eventually had to move away from uh, DVDs because it's just something I just couldn't couldn't sustain. But anyway, let's just talk about uh, video for a moment. And um, you you might learn about some videos that maybe you weren't aware were available and that you might be um, interested in. So Fretboard Theory Book came out in 2005, and then in 2006 and seven, I released four DVDs, Pentatonic Caged Progressions and Modes. I sold them as a bundle uh, for, um, for a while. In 2013, I released – boy, I, th- I hope I have my dates right – Fretboard Theory Volume 2, that book came out. And then I wanted to make video for that book, but I did something different. I decided instead of just picking chapters and um, having video programs on on certain topics, I thought I just want to make a one video program where I walk people through the entire book, Fretboard Theory Volume 2. And I did that because everybody was asking me to create more videos for Volume 1. I had just released volume two. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do a whole video program for that. So the fretboard theory volume two video includes the whole book. I literally walk you through the whole book and you get to see everything and like play through everything and and, and explain it. So in 2016, by 2016, I should say, I was able to go back to the first volume of fretboard theory volume one by the way if you're still listening to this podcast man i just want to say thank you that you care about what i do here because uh let's be honest we're getting pretty 
geeky and nerdy here. And it's just, man, it just means a lot that, um, that my teaching has impacted people so much and that they enjoy what I do, what I do and enjoy hearing about it. So man, thanks for, um, thanks for sticking with me. So in 2016, uh, I had completed video for the first fretboard theory book. I went through and filled in all those chapters that I had not made video for. Um, and I created a member area on my website. Um, I was still trying to sell DVDs, and at, at, for a while there, I was selling DVD sets, complete video sets for Fretboard Theory and Fretboard Theory Volume Two. But I had to discontinue that because I had to, you know, I had to find um, fulfillment houses, and I had to get, you know, discs produced, and I had to pay storage fees, and I had to find someone to drop ship them for me, and there were, you know, there would be issues with shipping or things not arriving and customers emailing me and you know it just got too complicated and it was so consuming that i I'm, i wasn't selling a whole lot of product okay you know uh i was selling enough that i could do this business full time and cover my bills but i still wasn't selling like so much product that i had the uh the budget to hire some you know professional company to just ha handle all this for me. I was still s selling a relatively small amount of product. And so it was just difficult. And eventually I had to just phase out the DVDs. I just saw the writing on the wall. This is going to kill me. The world's moving away from DVDs anyway. You know, everyone wants downloading and online streaming and that sort of thing. So I eventually just realized I got to get rid of DVDs. And many of you emailed me and told me how disappointed you were that I did that. And I'm sorry about that, but it was it ended up being uh, the right thing to do because I just was not able to move forward if I was still stuck dealing with that mess. That's what it had to be. That's what it had to become. Um, so I built a member area on my website where you could um, download or stream and uh, you could now consume the fretboard theory content in a more modern format. Um, and um, let's see, in 2000, I'm skip. I've got a timeline here in front of me. In 2018 and 2019 is when I actually went back and I updated the original videos, because as I was uh, um, selling these complete video courses for fretboard theory, they still included the original four videos from 2006 and 2007. So even though the instruction was good, the video quality was really outdated. And by this time, I knew how to make the instruction even better. So in 2018 and 19, I went back and I refilmed and completely redid fretboard theory chapter uh, Chapter one, notes on the fretboard. Um, chapter two, the pentatonic scale patterns. Um, chapter uh, three, cage chord system. Chapter six, guitar uh, chord progressions. And chapter eight, modes. Uh, so if, if you had the old videos and uh, you might want to consider getting the new ones if you want to revisit that because I feel like I taught it much better. The audio quality and video quality is so much better. Um, the guitar tones and sounds are so much better. And I have a much better uh, resource library where you can access, um, uh, where I have lists of songs 
and uh, that are hyperlinks, so you can quickly pull them up and you can listen to them. And if there's any available instruction on them, you can click on that link, and it's just much much better uh, organized. So um, that's where we leave off with video today. I mentioned I had released guitar picking mechanics, um, and when I released that, that was released with the option that you could pur purchase a video version of it instead of the book uh, or both if you prefer to have um, both. So where things stood at that point was I now had a complete video version of Fretboard Theory Volume 1 and 2 that you could view online with all these, this great resource library. And that has kind of been the main product I've been focusing on selling. That's the huge, big, um, full-blown package that really has everything you need and really is the best presentation um, for Fretboard Theory. I'm not trying to sell you on this right now. You know, my attitude with the podcast is I don't want to use this for selling, but I want to talk about my product line and, and get everybody up to speed on what's happening here um, with uh, the Guitar Music Theory website and company and product line and how I plan to move forward. But before I talk about um, moving forward, so... Um, if you're wondering, hmm, what do I have and what do I not have? And if you want to know if you have the latest, greatest uh, version of uh, fretboard theory, uh, what you can do is, well, first of all, so the new version of fretboard theory, the video version, has video instruction and resources you can view online for every single chapter in the first and second book. If And it's, it's only available online now. Um, the, the new updated stuff is not available on DVD. It was never available on DVD, so you never got it on DVD. So if you don't have video instruction for every chapter of Fretboard Theory, if you only have some videos that correspond to a couple chapters here and there, then you don't have the, the uh, um, complete course now. And if you want to, um, if you, if you want to get access to it, um, so you can comp complete your co collection, just take note of what you have. And then you can actually go to my website, guitarmusictheory.com, and click on the contact form and just say, hey, Desi, this is what I have. This is what I've already paid for. I would be interested in uh, seeing everything that's new and everything that's been added and how can I – uh, how could I just purchase what I what I don't have? So, Or you could just email me directly, desi at guitarmusictheory.com. Let me know what you have, uh, and I'll let you know what you would need to complete your collection. And I would be more than happy to um, help you purchase just what you need to complete your fretboard theory uh, collection. And you'll get online access to the latest, greatest uh, member area. I need to talk about the member area. I still get a lot of questions about the member area. Let's talk about that. So I created this member area on my website. And long story short, it became – I thought this was going to be super easy and I wouldn't have to deal with uh, shipping phys physical product anymore and it would be less work and less hassle. And ha-ha, joke's on me. If you have any experience with web development, you know that uh, building a member area and maintaining a website is a tremendous amount of work. And it requires a lot of maintenance, ongoing maintenance and stuff. And it um, totally consumed me. And it really – it consumed me so much that I was having difficulty. I, it's one of the reasons why I wasn't able to uh, add more podcasts or more videos. And I didn't get to produce a lot of uh, 
content for social media and stuff like I wanted to was because I was so consumed with just keeping this website um, in the memory specifically operational. So finally, I got wise and I said, I need to find some sort of hosted option where I can, you know, uh, you know, purchase a membership, a, a plan where someone else can host my content and I'll just create the content and add it to it. And I experimented with um, a couple of different options. That's why some of you have access to your video files like on Gumroad and some of you might have access to them on Teachable and um, some of you might have received some different links for me from me. Um, I always made sure that I always kept records of anyone who made a purchase from me, and I always made sure they always had access to it. So if you had access and you, and you don't know where it is anymore or something's changed, as long as you contact me and tell me the name and the email address you used when you placed your order, I, I will find you, and I will make sure that you uh, still get access to whatever it is that you may have purchased. Um, so... Um, Anyway, I experimented with some different platforms. Currently, as I'm recording this podcast, I'm using the platform Teachable. You don't really need to know that, I, I guess. But anyway, I think I've found what I'm going to stick with uh, moving forward. And it's wonderful, and it's hosted um, uh, separately than my existing website. I don't actually need to be the, the one maintaining that uh, member area. Uh, Teachable is one of the most popular uh, platforms that uh, content creators use for creating courses. So it's just it's professional, it's safe, it's secure, it's wonderful, and it frees me up so that I can just focus on creating the content and getting back to podcasting and making YouTube videos and that sort of thing. So that's what I, I hope to be doing uh, more soon. So finally... Let's talk about how I'm going to move forward with podcasting, but just with my business um, in general. So I am focusing on video courses on Teachable. The books are wonderful. They're great. They're still available on Amazon if you want them. But the reality is most people want video instruction. It's one thing to read about something and see some diagrams. It's another thing to actually watch me play it and demonstrate it and hear it because, well, music is something that you listen to, right? So I, moving forward, I'm going to focus on video instruction. I'm not saying I won't write another book, but I think video is where it's at. And I'm also going to focus on streaming because most people don't want DVDs. They don't even want downloads. Everyone now just wants to connect with their devices and stream and not clutter up their, you know, their hard drives with having to store files or sort through stuff. Um, on their own. I still make some things available for download, but uh, most of it is uh, streaming because that's um, the way that courses are delivered now. And it's great and it's wonderful and it's how I can consume my own content when I'm purchasing stuff online anyway. So that's how I'm going to move forward. And um, I'm also going to kind of fill the gap between people who are still in that beginner stage and they're not quite yet ready to begin a course like fretboard theory. Um, fretboard theory kind of is geared toward intermediate level players who are like well beyond the basics and they can play songs and they can play, but now they want to really understand what they're doing and take things to the next level. But I've discovered that a lot of my customers or people who have become students, because I've taught uh, lessons over Skype, had um, they're still in 
they're not even in that intermediate phase yet. They had learned the basics, they, and then they jumped to something like fretboard theory or guitar picking mechanics or courses avail made available by other instru instructors, and they had skipped over this huge part of the learning process where you actually learn how to play music. So I realized, wow, I got a lot of people here that can tell me all the modes of the major scale, but they cannot play a single song beginning to end, no matter how basic. Um, so I did some polling and some interviewing with some of my customers. I connected with a lot of people online through Skype, doing private um, uh, Skype lessons just so I could talk to them face-to-face -face and really get to know them and their playing. And I discovered, wow, we got a big gap here, so let me see if I can um, fill this gap. I had always intended to. I wanted to create instruction for people who – were more in that beginner phase and transitioning into an intermediate phase, but I had gotten so tied up with other things that I just didn't have the, the uh, time for it. And I never had the resources to pay somebody else to take over a lot of those tasks for me because, like I said, uh, I'm not selling millions of copies of my product here, people. Anyway, so what have I done now? Well, at the top of this podcast, I asked you, hey, what do you need to do to uh, move forward with your guitar playing. And I sent you to my website, guitarmusictheory.com. If you go there, you're going to see on the homepage, I ask you some questions about your playing. Let's go there now. So what do you need to do? Where are you at? I'm assuming that you're past the basics. Um, so you got a guitar. You know how to read tablature or read a chord chart. You can play your basic chords and stuff. You've learned some scale patterns or whatever. But now the question is, okay, well, now what? Um, so... Have you learned the basics, but you still can't play songs yet? Because if you can't play songs yet, there's no reason for you to try to fill your head with more information. you got to play songs, right? If you learn chords, but you can't play a couple dozen songs with those chords, then that's what you need to focus on. Um, maybe you can play songs with some basic chords, but you're still struggling to use bar chords, right? Um, or maybe you're okay with playing songs, but now you're ready to focus on lead guitar. So I ask you some questions on the website and I give you some options so that uh, you can select an answer that is specific to your needs right now. And what I've done is I've created some uh, free mini video courses that will give you something that you can do right now that will just meet you where you're at and help you get, get through that phase where you are right now. If that's just learning, you know, some basic songs or using bar chords for the, uh, first time or getting started with lead guitar playing. Um, and if you're already past all of that and you're, you know, you're ready to really get into the details of music theory, I've got something for you too. Um, so that's what I'm focusing on right now with, um, uh, with new stuff. I want to get people kind of, you know, over that hump so that they can progress and move on to, um, to bigger and better things. You know what though? It's not really bigger and better because, some of the songs you learn in the so-called beginning phase where you're just starting to put those chords to use, some playthrough songs beginning to end, are great songs. And those basic chords are used whether you're a beginner or you're an expert who's been playing for decades. Certain types of techniques, you know, strumming techniques, uh, uh, hand-muting techniques, um, they are used whether you're playing, you know, um, a super easy Beatles song or whether you're trying to play, 
you know, a, a guitar guitar solo by Guns N' Roses. So um, it's not really about getting to bigger and better things. It's about learning how all those little things, everything comes together to make you an experienced guitar player that can play a variety of, of things on guitar well. So um, if you're in the mindset that you can somehow skip that and just jump straight to riffing and jamming like the pros, you just need to have the right information or the right course. Look, you're kidding yourself, okay? You got to take it one step at a time and you got to learn how to um, make use of every little thing that you learn by playing songs. I'm going to talk more about that in an up, uh, upcoming episode. But that's what I'm focusing on uh, right now. And I'll be giving you more details about this uh, stuff. The best thing to do is just go to the website and uh, choose one of the options that I have and just sign up for one of those free courses and check it out. And then once you sign up for a free course, if you're not already on my email list, you will be, and I'll keep you posted on everything that is happening here, including the new stuff I'm going to post to social media. I want to get back to more YouTube videos. I want to get back to regular podcasting. So if you have ideas of things that you would like to hear me talk about in a podcast, let me know. Because as I move forward with podcasting, it's going to be a little bit different. Instead of just sitting down and trying to prepare a lesson based on a specific program that I have, I just want to start talking more about everything, you know? Um, so I might talk about practice routines. I might talk about what are good songs to learn. I think it might be neat to have to maybe do stuff where I talk about like what makes this song sound good, where I kind of walk you through a popular song. Not not that I'm teaching it to you, but we're just talking about why does this sound good or or how does this work? How how does this work to on guitar or for for a guitar player? Lots of stuff that we could um, explore there. I mean. Good heavens, we could talk about gear, you know. Um, I, I would love to do a podcast where I talk about all the different types of gear I've used over the years, not just as a teacher, but even prior to that when I was uh, playing a lot of gigs and just kind of how um, that technology has developed and how I've uh, – <clears throat> uh, the changes that I've made. I could say a lot more about that, but I could uh, talk about that, that sort of thing in some podcasts. I'd love to take questions. You know, I'm, I already answer questions every single day because I receive emails every day, um, and I'm always responding to those. So I would like to start using my podcast or my YouTube videos to um, answer some of those questions. That way I can put it out there um, for, for everyone. So if you have ideas of something that you would like to hear me talk about or play or you have specific questions, send them to me. You can go to the website, guitarmusictheory.com, and click on the contact form, or you can just email desi at guitarmusictheory.com. Desi is spelled D-E-S-I at guitarmusictheory.com. Check your spelling, please, so I get your email. Let me know. Let me know how we can move forward with this podcast and make it a regular thing. I would love to start releasing some podcasts, you know, a couple times a month. Who knows? Maybe once a week. We'll see what we can we'll see what we can do with it. So, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it and uh rate it. Leave me some positive uh feedback as well. That always helps. And until next time, my guitar engineers, and by the way, that's what I'm going to start calling you, guitar engineers, because I learned that many of you, many of you are engineers. 
Um, and uh, most of you are very analytical, and that's why you like the way I dissect and explain things. So, until next time, guitar engineers, play until your fingers bleed, and stay tuned for more.